Hi, and welcome to episode number six of the Not Pretty Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about anxiety and depression. Um, So I wanted to kind of start by telling my story and why this is so important to me. Um, I have been struggling with anxiety and depression since I was seven. That's about as early as I recognized it Um, and is when I started being medicated for it. But I... I think I've pretty much struggled with it since I was a little, little kid. Um, So, my story is hard to hear, uh, hard to talk about, just because it was really, it was really challenging for me. I had a rough childhood and not one I really want to replay a lot. Uh, But I think it's important to talk about it and important to put it out there and important for people to understand they're not alone and that anxiety and depression is challenging. It happens to all people in every walk of life and uh, it's nothing to be ashamed of, which is part of the reason I want to talk about it because I think a lot of people are ashamed of anxiety and ashamed of depression and a lot of people don't understand it. Um... So I just want to share my experience and why my experience has shaped me and how it's helped me and maybe how it's hurt me. Um, So I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings by doing this. Uh, Anyone in my family who maybe was a part of the challenging upbringing, but um, this is my truth and uh, it's never meant to hurt anyone. It's really just to tell my story and help you understand me a little bit. So if you're listening and if you're hurt by this, I am sorry. That's not my intention. This is just my truth. So um, beginning of it, uh, my parents got divorced when I was one. I don't remember them together. I don't remember anything about it. Um, Apparently it was a pretty traumatizing situation. They didn't really get along. Um, There was lots of fights, lots of yelling, lots of arguing. They split up and it was for the best for everybody. I went to live with my mom. My brother lived with my dad and um, we went every other weekend with the other parent. Um, It, as far as up back as I can remember, it was hard. Um, For a long time, my parents really hated each other. So they talked pretty negatively about each other, which impacted my feelings about both parents. Um, My mom was a drug addict and a very functional drug addict. So, um, you probably wouldn't have known it by looking at her, but, um, she had a hard time keeping a job and we moved a lot. Um, I have lived in more places than I can really imagine. Um, I, lived on and off with my dad when my mom didn't have a job or when she couldn't, um, find a place to live or a boyfriend kicked us out. Um, she had multiple abusive boyfriends, um, multiple, and they were not only mentally abusive, but physically abusive, controlling, uh, also drug addicts. And there were some really, challenging situations. Um, one of my worst memories, um, that I can think of is on Christmas day, it was my turn to be with my mom 
and um, my mom's boyfriend kicked us out. He packed all of our stuff in a bag and um, put it on the front porch and locked us out of the house. And we didn't have anywhere to go. It was Christmas Day and uh, it was my mom's time. So she wasn't going to call my dad and let him know that anything was going on because he would come get me. And I think I was five when this happened. And um, our life just was super unstable, super, super unstable and um, traumatizing for a little kid who, whose parents were constantly fighting. Like my mom and her boyfriends were constantly fighting. They would hit her. They would scream at each other. My mom would have me crawl through the doggy door to get in the house. Like it was, it was not a good space for a kid to be. Um, and it was something I just really didn't understand. So from a really early age, um, I was really good at school. And the reason I was so good at school was it was my getaway. It was a place where I actually felt really safe and I had people looking out for me. Um, and none of this is said, to bash my mom. Um, I think my mom did the best she could with what she had. Um, and at the time it really wasn't enough for me. Um, but she did what she knew. My mom's mom was, uh, really abusive, um, mentally. Um, she never had a nice thing to say about anybody. She used to get drunk and yell at my mom and her sisters and, um, it really wasn't a good space for my mom. And I think it led my mom to feeling inadequate. And uh, it's not an excuse because I think that we should do better for our kids. Um, And I don't agree with the way that I was raised or the situations that I was put in, but I think my mom did the best that she could. Um, But unfortunately, it's contributed a lot to my anxiety and depression. And... um, I crave stability and um, I suffer from anxiety when uh, my plans get changed or um, anything that has to do with my kids. So for my anxiety, um, it all surrounds my children, um, how I'm terrified that something's going to happen to them and I will never get through it. And I'm constantly trying to prove that I'm not my mom. Um, And I'm not, I don't raise my kids the way she raised me. But the reality is I'm not my mom. And I don't have to prove to anybody that I'm not my mom because I don't, I don't make those choices. Uh, I don't really drink. I don't do drugs. And I've never put my kid in a harmful situation where they were unsafe and I never will. Um... Sorry, I'm saying I'm so much. This is such a, it's a hard subject for me to talk about because it's something that's so real in my life. And it's so, uh, at every single moment in my life, I have these anxieties and these struggles. And they all lead back to some pretty traumatic experiences that um, my, my, my mom doesn't really take responsibility for it. And that's hard for me because I... I take responsibility for my actions and um, something that's affected my life so deeply. I would hope that she can maybe understand why I've been so hurt and why I've struggled so hard with uh, trust and relationships and anxiety and depression. Um, 
for a long time, I've just felt like inadequate. Like I just can never live up to what I should be doing. And a lot of people tell me like, oh, you're so lucky you turned out the way that you did. Because I could have been a drug addict or I could have been a drunk or whatever. And I don't view it as lucky. Uh, I worked really hard to become the person that I am. And it would be really easy to be a druggie or to be drunk or to uh, take my anxiety and just say, fuck it. This is hard and I don't want to do it. But I wake up every day and I fight for my life and I fight for my kids and I do the best that I can and I feel like that matters. And so while I do still struggle with anxiety and depression and feeling inadequate and um, feeling like I'm not enough a lot of times, uh, I have to really realize that I am and that I'm not lucky. I worked hard for this life and nothing has been handed to me. Nothing's been given to me. And continuing to fight through the anxiety and the depression is, it's not easy. It's work and it's something I work at every day. So I, I am enough. But aside from that, um, you know, I started seeing a therapist when I was 15. Um, I decided when I was 15 that I wanted to live with my dad. Um, my dad had a really stable home, you know, he never moved. And I felt like he could help me because I was, I was starting to drink a lot and party a lot. And I was not doing any of the things that I wanted to be doing. So I went over to my brother's house and my brother kind of chewed me out. Thank you for that, Dave. Um, But I went over there. He chewed me out and he was like, what are you doing with your life? You're so much smarter than this. You have goals you want to reach and you're lazy and you're not doing anything and you're, you know, living in different places and, you know, you're you're just not on track to be who you want to be. And it was hard to hear and I was angry with him. Um, But he wrote down on this piece of paper and I still have it. And it was essentially, what goals do you want to have in the next two years, three years, by your senior year in high school, because it was my freshman year. Um, And we wrote out these goals and there were things that I really wanted to do, things that were really important to me. And he flipped it over and he made me make a pros and cons list of living with my mom and living with my dad. And again, this is not said to bash my mom and mom did the best that she could. Um, but the pros and cons were, were very clear. My dad had a stable home, which is what I really craved and what I really needed. And he had some pretty high expectations, um, which I do well under pressure. So I felt like that would be better for me. Um, And so I decided to move in with my dad. And it was really hard on my mom. She was pretty devastated and pretty angry with me for making the choice. Um, Looking back, though, best choice I've ever made. Um, My grades, which I had gotten straight A's my entire life, they instantly improved. My attitude improved. I made varsity basketball team. Um... I mean, my life drastically changed by making that one simple choice, but I was struggling so horribly with anxiety and depression because my mom was so angry and I felt so guilty. And um, one of the reasons I decided to move in with my dad is I was struggling so bad with anxiety. 
I was telling my husband tonight, um, my earliest memory of having anxiety, I was having this horrible pain from my shoulder to my elbow. And I kept telling my mom about it. And she's like, you're fine. You just pulled a muscle or maybe you fell or whatever. Maybe it's nothing. And finally, I came to her bawling because I had slipped and fallen and my arm was hurting so bad I could barely move it. And she took me into the doctor and they started me on what at the time they called it stress medication, which now I'm going to assume that was anxiety meds Um, because I was so anxious. I was having pain up and down my left arm. And I just think about that, like seven years old, having horrible anxiety and feeling so stressed out and so anxious that they had to put me on medication because I was in pain, like literal pain from anxiety. And I was seven and nobody thought that that was like a big deal. Like nobody thought like we should check on her, like what seven-year-old is this anxious And I was anxious because my mom couldn't break up with her boyfriend who was horribly abusive and mean and controlling and they did drugs together. And I still am angry with that, that guy. Like that's how bad the situation was, but nobody checked on me and nobody, nobody took care of me in that moment. And it kind of just continued all the way until I was 15 and I was just fed up with it and I just wanted more for my life. So I decided to move on with my parents, my, my dad and my stepmom. And, um, I cried like every single day because I was so depressed. I stopped eating. Uh, I just, I could, I wasn't happy. I was miserable and I couldn't get out of this funk. And so my sister called my dad and was like, she needs to go to therapy. Like, this is not normal. And so my dad um, called the therapist. They went and sat down with her, had a meeting, and then I started going to therapy. And honestly, I'm so grateful to my parents for that, for doing that for me, because um, I still see the same therapist 10 years later. Uh, She is incredible. And she has been probably the single best thing for my anxiety that's ever happened. Uh, I don't take medication and I'm not against it whatsoever. Hear me there. Um, I'm not against it. I just, I don't like the feeling that I get. My body doesn't react well to it. Some medication makes me really nauseous. I'm super sensitive to it. Um, And some medication makes me just blah. And one of the things about me is I'm really like I'm in it or I'm not. I'm up and I'm down and I'm not bipolar, but I'm I'm up and I'm down and I like that. I like being up and down. I like having emotion and being excited and sometimes being sad. I like having those different emotions. And with the medications that I have tried, I've always just been blah. Like I can't really get excited. I can't really get sad. I'm just kind of stuck in this lull of no emotion. And that's just not for me. Um, So I have found other ways to cope. But one of the biggest things I've done is therapy. And um, my therapist and I have a great relationship. If you are looking for a therapist uh, and you're wondering, you know, how do I find the right one? Try different ones. I got so lucky. She was the first therapist I ever saw. And we connected immediately. 
I have seen her for 10 years. Uh, she knows when I got married and when I had babies. Um, she, you know, saw me when I graduated high school and, I mean, she's just been a, a really intricate part of my life when I've really needed her and uh, we have an awesome relationship. And so I think if you're looking for a therapist, look until you find one that really connects with you. Um, I tried to see another woman when, uh, after I had Lincoln and I was struggling really hard with postpartum anxiety and the connection just wasn't there. I saw her twice and it just didn't work and I stopped seeing her and I never, I never saw her again. And I went back to my old therapist because she already knew me and we already connected. Um, I think that's, that's important because I don't think you're going to see results unless you feel really connected. So essentially I have found some different things that have helped me with my anxiety. Um, I use essential oils, um, I was totally against them, by the way, but they are amazing, and um, they have helped me a lot. I use Stress Away and Valor. Um, I also use lavender. Um, cedarwood helps me sleep when my anxiety is really bad. Um, so I do use the essential oils. I also use, um, I started taking this supplement my brother's girlfriend was telling me about. It's called uh, Triple Calm Magnesium. Apparently, being low in magnesium can cause you to have anxiety. It has not stopped my anxiety, but I have noticed a difference in how I'm handling anxiety and stress. Um, I will post a link to it on my blog, but I feel like it's definitely been a little bit of a game changer. Um, maybe if your anxiety is something that just came on and you don't have any trauma, Maybe that's something to try to see if it, if it does help you. I, I have noticed a little bit of a difference, um, but I'm going to keep taking it and see, you know, maybe over time if I notice a little bit more. Um, a couple other things I do. <clears throat> I use exercise to help me. Um, when I eat better and I sleep, I feel better. Um, sleep is a really big trigger for me. If I don't get sleep, I start having pretty absurd anxiety. Um, and the, the therapy. Therapy is really one of the bigger ones. Uh, one thing I've also started doing to help my anxiety is I cut people out. If you are causing me unnecessary anxiety, depression, stress, uh, anything like that, I don't care who you are, you're out. I don't put up with that shit. I don't, I don't do that. Um, I also don't do guilt trips. I'm not a fan. If you are somebody who guilt trips me, you're out of my life completely and I won't deal with it. Um, you know, I don't know how you are. I don't know if that's for you, but it has helped my life tremendously. I say how I feel and if people don't like it, they have the choice to not be a part of my life or I'll cut them out if it's a problem. Um, my therapist kind of explained it like this you are like a planet, okay? And you have these rings that go outside of your planet. And each ring is a layer of relationships. And in your close layer, you have your husband, you have your your dad, and your stepmom, let's just say. And then your next layer, you have your best friends and uh, your aunts and uncles. And then your next layer, you have 
some some friends maybe they're not your best friends but they're your friends and you know your coworkers. and then your next layer is like your acquaintances you don't have to let everybody into your close circle it's okay to just have a few people there it's not something that you need to force and you don't have to allow everyone into your business and into your feelings um, my mom used to guilt trip me a lot uh, she used to, you know, send things like, poor me, or if you, you know, if you wouldn't have moved out, I wouldn't be feeling this way. And I don't, I just don't play that shit anymore. Like, if you can't handle the choices that I'm making to better my life, then you don't have to be in it. And sometimes that's really hard for people to hear, and I don't ever say it to hurt feelings, but we deserve to be happy and no matter who somebody is in your life, your mom, your mother-in-law, your stepmom, your dad, I don't care who it is. If somebody is bringing you more stress than peace or causing you more pain than joy, get rid of them. Put them in the furthest layer out or cut them out completely. You are not required to be a part of somebody's life because they are your blood. That's not the way the world works. I used to be the person that would say families, oh, family over everything. You know, blood is family. And I'm not like that anymore because I've realized that the people that support me and love me and accept me as who I truly am are the people that are important and the people that I want in my life. And sometimes those people aren't blood. And sometimes my blood treats me like shit and talks behind my back and just wants to hurt me. And it's okay to cut those people out because life is way too short to live in that. I promise you life is way too short. Uh, Another thing I wanted to kind of go over um, that's caused my anxiety was that I used to have constant anxiety of taking care of my mom. Because uh, she struggled to keep a job or she was on drugs or her boyfriends were abusive. And I... I really struggled with that. I used to have to call my mom constantly. If she wouldn't answer, I would like bite my nails off because I was so stressed out. My mom used to change her number a lot too. Um, She had abusive boyfriends and they would get into a fight and she would change her phone number. And while I was at the babysitter, I would try to call her and her phone would be disconnected. And it was so stressful because I just wanted to know that my mom was okay and I couldn't get a hold of her. And so now it totally affects my relationship. Uh, If Dorian won't answer his phone, I go to the worst place possible. I am terrified that he's dead or that something's happened to him because he won't answer my call. Usually he's at work in a meeting and I'm just panicking. Um, Everyone's stories in life are so different that maybe you have different triggers Uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD and I hate, I hate even saying that because I'm not a soldier in the war. I haven't seen anything that would even qualify to me as PTSD. Um, But PTSD comes in a lot of different forms. So if you've been diagnosed with that, like, don't be embarrassed by it. Like, like I've been, um, PTSD is normal in, in trauma And it's not always used for war stories. PTSD is just post-traumatic stress disorder. And having traumatic events in your life, whatever those may be, it, it 
affects you and you end up with flashbacks or anxiety that has all these triggers and stressors that you don't even realize. And I think I realized that there was some extra stuff going on with me after I had Lincoln. Um, I had my son and everything was like peachy and amazing for five months. And I thought for sure I was in the clear. I was so hyper aware of having postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And then it hit me one day. I was five months deep with no sleep. I had a colicky baby. I had decided to go back to work, which was terrifying for me. And I had the worst panic attack I've ever had. I was exhausted. I was crying. I, um, I was scared. It was hard and I didn't understand why I was feeling that way. Um, so I went to the doctor and I got some medication and, um, I took it for a little bit and I weaned myself off cause I, I'm just really not a fan of medication. And I started seeing my therapist again, uh, and things got a lot better. Um, but that's when I got diagnosed with PTSD. And when I realized that <clears throat> the reason that I was feeling all of these things and having all this anxiety about leaving Lincoln had everything to do with the way that I felt when my mom would leave me. And um, I never wanted Lincoln to feel stressed or scared while I was gone or think that I wasn't coming back. Um, And I was really struggling with that and really struggling with the anxiety from the hormones and the lack of sleep. And so for me, one of my biggest triggers is not getting sleep. And it, it, my anxiety all surrounds around my kids and how um, I'm afraid of losing them, I'm afraid of something happening to them because of a mistake I make, or because, uh, you know, something happens that I should have known, I should have caught a fever in the middle of the night that I didn't, you know, I didn't know they had or something. Um, I panic about it, and I have to, like, double check and triple check. For instance, Lincoln fell, well, he didn't fall, he jumped into the back of the couch a couple weeks ago. And the back of our couch is hard, like in between the cushions. And he jumped straight into it, hit his nose on the back of the couch, got a bloody nose. He was screaming. Uh, and I was terrified. I was like, if we put him to bed and he, cause of course it was literally 15 minutes before bedtime. If we put him to bed and he has a concussion or something's wrong, like he's, he could die in his sleep and we'll never know. And Dorian's like, are we serious right now? Like he's, he's a kid. They hit their faces on things. And he was like, baby, he's fine. Like he's not crying anymore. He stopped bleeding. Like everything's fine. And I, I just couldn't, like, I couldn't let him go to sleep like that. And so I was like, I'm going to call the doctor. And like logical me is like his nose stopped bleeding. He stopped crying. His pupils are dilating. He's not throwing up. He's not, you know, delusional he's fine. Like he is totally fine. And then anxious me is like, if I put him down and his nose starts bleeding again, literally super unlikely. Um, and he is bleeding and he, he has a concussion and he falls asleep. He could die. And, and I can't get that out of my head. So I literally have to call the doctor for the doctor to tell me like, he is fine. He's not going to die. And the doctor was like, Taylor, he's fine. Drink a glass of wine. 
and relax. And I'm just like, okay, thanks. Have a great night. Like the doctor was confused why I called. But I just sometimes need like the reassurance from somebody who knows what they're talking about to just remind me that like he's going to be okay and like kids fall. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's just my reality. Like I really struggle with anxiety. Um, And Dorian kind of brought up, he was like, maybe you should talk about in this podcast how anxiety and depression can affect your relationship. Um, So one of my other anxieties I have is going to the mall. When the shooting happened at Clackamas Town Center, uh, I was on my way to the mall. And Dorian was actually at the mall, but we weren't together at that time. But he was at the mall like right before it happened and I was on my way to the mall. And nothing had ever happened like that so close to home. Like somebody shot up Clackamas Town Center. And I remember just feeling like just in shock for weeks. And right after it happened... I got promoted at Nordstrom to go back to Clackamas Town Center. And I was terrified. I was terrified to go to work. I was terrified to be at the mall. I I wouldn't go to the food court. Like, I was like, this is awful. I don't ever, I don't even want to work here anymore. And so Dorian will be like, hey, you want to go walk around the mall? And I now get terrible anxiety in large groups like that, like being at the mall is the worst thing ever. I won't go shopping there. I don't want to go walk around. And it used to really piss Dorian off. Like he used to get really frustrated. Like I just want to go to the mall. Why is this a big deal? Like you're being dramatic because he doesn't suffer from anxiety and depression. And so he doesn't always get like why it's such a big deal. And in the last, we've been together five years. And in the last five years, he has grown tremendously and he has attempted to understand me um, a lot more than he did in the beginning. But like, I don't want to go to the mall. I don't want to take my kids to the mall. I don't, I have no desire to be around that big of a group of people. I absolutely will not go in December. Uh, I won't go really anytime around the holidays. And I like to not go really at all if I can avoid it. So he used to get really mad and it would frustrate him because I'd be like, I want to go do something. He'd be like, let's go to the mall. And I'd be like, I don't want to go to the mall. And he just couldn't understand it. And one day I started like bawling my eyes out and he's like, I don't get it. And I was like, I am terrified. I am terrified to go to the mall. I don't want to go. It gives me anxiety. I feel like I'm going to die. And so he no longer bugs me about it. He doesn't even ask me to go to the mall. Even tonight, I was like, hey, we should go to the Cheesecake Factory. And it's at the mall. And he's like, are you okay with going to the mall? And I felt like that was such a big step in our relationship because I know it's frustrating for him. I limit myself to certain things. Like, I don't want to go to concerts. I don't want... Sometimes I get stressed out going to the Rose Garden. I don't want to go downtown. These things are not enjoyable for me. And it affects his life, too. And so I'm trying to learn how to like compromise and deal with my anxiety when I go to these places because it's a scary world out there now. Um, Anxiety and depression is exhausting. It is something that's on my mind 24-7. And I will say since having Lennox, um, it's gotten a lot better. Um, I still have triggers. Um, 
but I feel better. I feel more sure of myself. I feel more, um, I feel like I'm a really good mom and I work really hard and I try really hard for my kids and I put, I put them above all else. And I know that if there was something wrong with them, I would know because I'm very in tune. I pay attention. I check their temperatures. I cut their nails. I bathe them. Like I make sure they are good to go 24 seven. And if something was wrong, I would know it. And I'm trying to remember to acknowledge that about myself. You're a good mom. You're present. You take care of your kids. I write the doctor anytime I feel like something's wrong or I call them or I take them in or whatever. I've never missed anything. And I'm, I'm really hoping that I never will. Um, so I think that I'm reminding myself that I'm a good mom and that I'm going to take care of them. They're okay. And it helps my relationship too when I'm not spending so much time analyzing every little thing and being so stressed out and so nervous that something's going to happen to the kids. Like I can be present with them and know that I've got them, I'm watching them, and I can spend time with my husband too and focus on our relationship. I really wanted to do this episode to to help people to feel like this is normal. Having anxiety and depression is normal, um, but stop trying to fix it yourself. I mean, there are things that you can do to help yourself, but it's okay to seek help too. And I think it's most important to seek help when you feel like it is out of control and that you you can't fix it. When I started seeing my therapist, she was like, Taylor, this is normal. You're not crazy. It's okay. People suffer with anxiety and depression. And as long as you are taking care of your kids and taking care of yourself, we're going to get through it. One of the things she told me was if you suffer trauma before the age of three, you are less likely to be able to fully move forward from this in your life. And not that you couldn't, but that it would take more work and it wouldn't come as easily to heal from it because it's your foundation. So if your foundation was built on stress and anxiety and trauma, it's harder to heal. But if you had a really, you know, healthy, happy childhood from one to three or zero to three, I guess, that it was way more likely that you would heal because you had a happy foundation and this is just one portion of your life. So unfortunately for me, (laughs) I had a traumatic childhood in my eyes um, and it's harder for me to heal, but it's not impossible It's just that my foundation is built on trauma. And I don't know what the science is behind that. I just know that's what she told me. Um, And I believe that because I think how your foundation is built, think about in your relationship, if your foundation is built on lies and mistrust, and then you try to build a marriage on trust, that's not going to work. So when your foundation is built properly, you're able to cope and heal through things in your marriage and your relationships a lot easier than if you're foundation is built on lies. So I think that's important to know. Um, It doesn't make it impossible for you to heal if your trauma was early in your life. Uh, I think it makes it harder and I think it's okay to to spend more time focusing on it. Again, the main thing is to get the help when you need it. 
because you deserve the help and and it's important to take the time for yourself to, to heal. I feel like from my childhood, I look at things, um, yes, they were traumatic and yes, it was hard and yes, I have a lot of struggles from it. However, I would not be half the mom or half the wife or half the woman that I am today if it were not for those experiences. I am so hyper-focused on being an amazing mom. I want to give my kids the best experiences. I want them to have the best life. I work nights and Dorian works days so that we can have the best life. We want to pay off all our debt so we can give our kids everything. And I'm hyper-focused on being a good wife because I grew up in a broken home. And my husband did too. And he's so focused on being a good husband because we want to both be here for our kids. And listen, a broken home doesn't mean the end of the world for your kids. Sometimes it's for the best. It was in my situation with my parents and it was in Dorian's situation with his parents. But we know that we can give them the best in our life if we're together. And so we, we really focus on our marriage. We focus on our marriage. We focus on being good parents. And for me, I focus on being a good person. I focus on doing the right thing. I focus on some self-care. I focus on making sure that I'm a good person and a giving person and that I focus on being the best version of myself so I can teach my kids that. And I think when you're struggling with anxiety, it's hard to see those things, especially when you're looking at the trauma and how fucked up your life is now because of it. But the reality is, without those experiences, you wouldn't be you. And you are amazing. And you're made perfectly for this world. So don't ever doubt that these experiences have built you up too. And that you're better for it. And you have control of your life. And you can change it. And you can do something about it. And that letting, sitting in this, and staying in it, and feeling negative and hopeless, isn't going to help And I know that sometimes the hopeless feeling is hard to get rid of. It's hard, it's hard to get out of your head, but I promise you there is a happy life outside of this. And if you seek the help and you do what needs to be done to heal yourself, you will be so much better for it. Anxiety and depression is not easy and it's hard and it hurts and it, it's exhausting and excruciating, but, but it's, it will get better. It will, I promise. You just have to work at it and you have to seek the help. Um, if you need help and you don't know who to contact, reach out to me. There's the suicide hotline. There are therapists. Call your mom, call your best friend. You are the only you on this planet and we all want you here. If you weren't here, your life lost would impact everyone. Think of all the people that would be impacted if you weren't here. And I just want you to remember that although it's hard right now, You are so important and you are so loved 
and you matter so much to everyone on this earth. I promise you that you do. Um, that's all I have on this subject today. Um, I mean, I, there's a lot more I could talk about and there's a lot more experiences I could tell you about, but I think that you get the gist of it. And, um, I hope this helps somebody. I hope you feel like you can reach out if you need to. Um, this is something that's really near and dear to my heart. It's been a real big challenge for me for years and I'm finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I hope you do soon as well. Um, please reach out if you need help, please. I want to thank everybody for listening today. Um, thanks for supporting me again. Um, I really appreciate it. This podcast has been so fun and I love hearing the stories of, uh, the things that have helped you that I've talked about, or even the questions you have. Um, this is a lot of fun. It's like the coolest thing I've ever done for sure. Um, please don't forget to like, rate, subscribe on iTunes, um, review if you can. It helps get the following up. Um, also I posted a really fun announcement on the blog. Um, I am opening an online clothing boutique and I am so excited because it's the first thing I've really done for myself in a long time. Um, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time and I'm really hoping to create some freedom for my family so that I can bring my husband home and he can help me work on the boutique long term. Um, so I really hope that you'll support me. I hope that you'll share. Uh, I'd love to hear you guys' feedback, so please let me know. Uh, I'm not sure what next week's episode is going to be about, but I'd love any uh, suggestions that you guys have. Um, so let me know. Thank you guys so much. See you next week.